don't even really know what's in bottled water. There is no reliable source of information, nor is there any scheduled or regular testing required by the bottled water companies to determine what is in the water that they're providing. So a couple of things I think we should just get out there on the table. 40% of bottled water sold in the United States is repackaged municipal water. So Aquafina and Dasani, they're bottled by Pepsi and Coke uh, respectively, use local water sources and then they filter that water and then they sell it back to us at a very high premium. Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today, we are joined by April Cunningham, confidence coach, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Influencer. Lisa Carter, founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer. Lawrence Rassall, The Weekend Chef, also known as The Artisan. This week's episode is something that is near and dear to my very heart because we are talking about water. (laughs) And you may be asking yourself, why would a podcast about healthy eating and habit change care to spend an entire episode dedicated to the topic of water? And why do I want to listen to it? Well, first of all, while none of us are ethical vegans or environmental vegans, it is very, very clear and well established that animal husbandry or the raising of cattle specifically for the purpose of slaughtering them is the number one contributor to the desecration of the environment, specifically when it comes to water. And so I have long, long, long felt like this is not a topic that we talk about enough that gets enough attention or really highlight how this is a looming crisis for everyone on the globe. This is not a problem in some other place. It's going to be a problem right here, wherever you are, wherever you live on planet Earth in the next 10 years. All right. And so also we pursued, we looking at the documentary Tapped, right? The fodder for this episode comes from the documentary Tapped. Audience, if you followed us for any length of time, you know that Jen is a hot advocate for the water crisis all over the globe. So you've been warned. Let's do it. Tapped. Who wants to go first? I found it to be very interesting, actually, the documentary, just about water and how big companies are basically stealing water and selling it back to the public. I think it's something that I always knew, but it was quite interesting to see it in film and to see the big impact that it is having on the planet. I think that uh, bottled water is something that is kind of just ingrained. I think we started drinking bottled water at home when I was like early, maybe preteen. And I've always drank bottled water since then. So just having a bit of insight as to where the water's coming from. Do we really need bottled water? Is it different from tap water? Just hearing all of those different perspectives was interesting for me. I think it solidified some things that I already knew and gave me also a new perspective on things that I didn't think about. I remember bottled water became a hot thing to do in the 90s. And I remember Deer Park was the first one here in the the Eastern Seaboard 
in the United States, Deer Park was the thing. It was the thing to get. And it became, I don't actually remember where it, it arose from, but it just became a thing. Like if you're out and you're in the street and you're in the car, you have to go somewhere, you buy Deer Park. It was the best water. And then of course the water started to emerge. It was only sometime later as I started to really think more consciously about what I was putting into my body and what was happening with the planet that I realized how much plastic is bad for the environment and how long it takes to decay. It really shines a spotlight on why do we need this? So it's considering that there is, the planet is mostly made of water. It seems rather oxymoronic that we in fact need to buy bottled water using plastic bottles, typically uh, that destroys that very environment we're trying to uh, we need to survive. The plastic stuck out to me more than the water itself is the amount of plastic bottles that we're putting into the environment. And they say even with plastic bottles, I know people are famous for keeping extra water in their cars and things like that. And they say really that you shouldn't do that, especially in the summertime, because if your car gets hot over a hundred degrees, then the chemicals from the plastic actually get into the water and then the water is not great for you to drink at those temperatures. And so the plastic, I think, is what stuck out to me more is that we have like this overconsumption of the plastic bottles. I'm all for the clean water, which after this documentary, clean could be discussed if the water is clean or cleaner than tap water. But the plastic bottles is, is huge. And we know we have known for a long time that there is a huge environmental impact to the plastic on the ecosystem. So that was the thing that stuck out most. And, and April and I, we have been trying to, for the last probably year and a half, figure out how we can get glass bottles and drink out of glass bottles. And is there a water company that has glass bottles? And we prefer glass bottles. I haven't successfully been able to incorporate that into like everyday life. I still buy big gallons of of water as I think we all do, but trying to find a, another way to drink non-tap water, but in a more viable container. There's a couple of things that come up for me. First, what's wrong with tap? And secondly, yes, I've got hooked on alkaline water. I've been refilling at the local Whole Foods with alkaline water. Audience, if you're in the DC area, you can get alkaline water for a dollar a gallon. You can also get other forms of purified water. Got hooked on alkaline and be re been reusing my bottles, at least to your point, non-PBA and that kind of thing, a glass kind of jar. But the idea being, yes, that otherwise the idea was I had to buy plastic bottles. And I think it's useful, and Jen, I see you're going to jump in here, that uh, first the question of why, why do we need to buy plastic water at all versus tap? Well, I thought it was interesting as far as uh, what you just said, April, as far as these mega giants, uh, I don't know if we're going to mention names or not, Sony and Coca-Cola and PepsiCo, but they have impressed upon us that we do need to buy these bottled waters and to have them. And, and by, by all means, they are convenient um, when we're traveling for that purpose. But uh, Lisa kind of touched on something that I thought was interesting, where we've always had tap water that's always been free but all of a sudden it's become tainted and sort of revered as a demon, so to speak. And I, I, this documentary really exposed that, that 
these companies are literally, they're pumping the water from these resources where the tap comes from and they're just bottling it and selling it. I think it was as high as, what was it like 1900%? It's just phenomenal. 1900 yeah. times the cost. Exactly, it's just ridiculous. So I, 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 that's what I was amazed at, um, how lucrative this water business is. And I remember coming from the late 80s into the 90s when water really was popular. It talked about Perrier, it talked about uh, Evian and all these mega giants when they just popped on. And then they started selling water for just as much, if not more than these soft drinks. So it was, it was, it was an amazing, what was it, an hour in that, about an hour, I think it was? Like an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, a lot of information. So I'm gonna play devil's advocate here because I actually like bottled water. <laughs> I like electrolyte enhanced water. I like alkaline water. I like, and there are some bottled companies that I don't like. I don't like Evian. I don't like Fiji. I don't know. It tastes funny to me. And <laughs> I think that's, that just depends on the person. I would still, outside of buying mass amounts of bottled water, even if I chose to stop buying bottled water, I would still be looking for a way to filter my water. Because especially in the D.C. area, I know a couple of months ago, we had something happen to our water system. They sent out an alert that said, your water's been contaminated. Nobody brush your teeth or take a shower or use the tap water for the next, you know, 24 hours. And so I think because we have had situations like that throughout this country where the tap water has not been clean, there is still this idea now, not to say that the tap water is not clean all the time and we should never drink it, but they do put chemicals in the tap water at any moment and can become contaminated. And it was nice to have bottled water at home for sure on that day when we weren't supposed to use the tap water for 24 hours. So while I think there's some hysteria around it, because not all the water is dirty, it is still a real a real thing in case of an emergency you want to have some bottled water on hand in case your drinking water is unavailable which could happen and i mean i've been to underdeveloped country where i see what like really you cannot drink the tap water you know i've seen what that looks like and of course that's not the case here in the united states in most places but there are places in this country where you literally cannot drink the tap water i think that whole idea of of bottled water came at a time, I, I can't remember if it came under a crisis, but I think that was the general idea. I remember as a kid, my mom, there was something about the water and she was like, we got to start getting bottled water. And I don't remember what that was around, but it was a very real fear that just turned into, well, now we only drink bottled water, you know, from here on out. And the companies for sure have capitalized on that as they do every single thing that comes into their path. They capitalize on it and try to make it about money. Yeah, so I think that we should probably think about this in two different ways, right? So I think that, yes, there are times when there may be a reason for people to utilize bottled water. By and large, that almost never happens in the United States. The only countries, or I should say the few countries in the world, where there is reliable and consistent access to clean water. There are other parts of the world where that is not the case, like you mentioned, Lisa, and I think it's like one in six people on the planet do not have reliable access to clean drinking water. 
Um, but for Americans, that is not usually our situation. And what I got out of the, the, the documentary, and forgive me if I'm restating something because in this world of remote recording during Corona quarantine, I had some audio issues, but one of the things that stood out to me in the documentary is that the people don't, we don't even really know what's in bottled water. There is no reliable source of information, nor is there any scheduled or regular testing required by the bottled water companies to determine what is in the water that they're providing. So a couple of things I think we should just get out there on the table. 40% of bottled water sold in the United States is repackaged municipal water. So Aquafina and Dasani, they're bottled by Pepsi and Coke um, respectively, use local water sources and then they filter that water and then they sell it back to us at a very high premium. The other thing is that the laws related to running your local water systems require that depending on the size of the population, they have to test 10 to 20 times a day so that they can see what's in the water and they have to report those findings. You can go online to your local government and find out what is being found in your water, how often it's being tested, and what measures they're taking to keep it safe. The government mandates that. The government does not mandate what goes in bottled water. And they only oversee it at the FDA if it's bottled in one state and sold in another state. And so a lot of times companies are able to get around those regulations because they bottle and sell it in the same state. We've been sold a bill of goods that bottled water is safer, more reliable, better for you, healthier than the water that comes out of your tap. And it is, as Lauren said, 1900 times more expensive. If we took all of the things that we use water for, but in substituted bottled water instead of the water that comes out of the tap, it would cost us over $9,000 a month. So. Like thinking about it in those terms, okay, just let me just finish this. Thinking about it in those terms helped me realize that I have, I have bought into this story about bottled water that is simply untrue. Okay, but hold on. I need to pop, I need to pop in here and play devil's advocate, okay? Because first of all, let's not forget, I think it was Flint where the water was contaminated for some length of time. They, they never have really, and they- Where was the testing then? Where was the testing? The government has not always, and the independent, the companies has not always worked in the favor of the people. So hold on, before we get too swayed one way or another, and it's not for us to get into solutions. The purpose of this is to talk about, raise the awareness, uh, check our assumptions, is this really the best way to go about things? Bottled water is a very a reflex in a lot of places. We've gotten away from tap water. I know New York actually has some of the safest water, and yet I need to bring up Flint. And so, and, and we need to add to the conversation, not all tap water tastes great. True that. That is true. And I agree with you that there, I, and, I, and I started out with, by and large, in the United States, you will have access to safe, reliable drinking water. The problems in Flint, yes. It's not that they weren't testing, they weren't reporting it, right? So it's not that it's not that they don't have the data, they just weren't making it available to people. Either way, the end result was the same. People were drinking water that was unhealthy. And, and where they else didn't are know. they not reporting Absolutely. the data? You don't know until you know, until there's like an outbreak somewhere and then you're like, all this time you guys haven't been reporting the testing? Oh, that was the same in D.C. Recently, uh, they tested the water in some of the elementary schools and they determined that there was a high level of lead. And it was only I can't remember exactly what caused them to. But obviously the city 
is doing what Jennifer mentioned as far as uh, they're required to report and, and test in a certain amount of, or repeat it per day or how often, but the pipes and things of that nature are independent of the testing that goes through the city. So that goes back to, I think what April may be uh, lamenting is that even though the city is, is testing the water where it's coming from, but you have all these other outside factors like pipes and old pipes that also affect uh, the taste as well as the, the quality of the water. So right now I'm team um, bottled water. <laughs> Me too. I'm not going to lie. I, even before I was finished with the documentary, I was like, I'm still buying my bottled water. I'm going to try to find some glass bottles. Oh, I'm going right. to try to find some glass bottles. But especially for me, I like electrolyte enhanced water. I like it. I can't think of a brand that I like right now, of course. But I like there to be extra stuff in my water. So I'm not. I'm not giving up my bottle water. I'm not. I'm not. I want them to put it in some glass bottles. But I want my bottle water. Absolutely. I, I am a fan of alkaline water. Lee, Lisa says that it tastes like clouds. Okay, I don't understand that, but okay. <laughs> What does I mean, the cloud taste like? I've what exactly so many clouds. clouds like. I'm just saying. It just every time I have it, it just reminds me of those clouds that I, I had just, before. Okay, I, audience, just let that sink in. I, I don't really understand. <laughs> Point being, don't know that's the I'm only description. Big, Fine. I'm a big fan of alkaline water, and not because of any particular propaganda. Just that I can drink tap water, and I can drink alkaline water, and I just noticed that one glass of alkaline water keeps me hydrated longer than tap water. I'm just listening to my body. Y'all know I'm a queen. I'm the high priestess of listening to your body. My body says alkaline water is good for me. I don't know what it is. And that maybe it's not everybody's body. I go to Whole Foods. I take the glass, the the plastic substitute bottles, gallon jars, and I fill it up and that's done. Also saves money because I can just get it out of the filter. They have an actual filter. I don't have to buy the plastic bottles plus the water, just the water. Now, a dollar a gallon, I think is pretty cheap, even if, because if you're out in the street and you're getting electrolyte enhanced water, for example, smart water, vitamin water, whatever this other kind of water is that you might get that's electrolyte enhanced, you're going to pay three or $4, potentially, depending on how big it is, right? And so it's definitely something there. I will say it tastes better. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I've tried the tap water. It's not bad. It's just not good either. And <laughs> These are first world problems. We can call it out, right? Like, I mean, Definitely. for real talk, like in terms of in terms of what you might get if you were in a third world country, some other places where they would just like clean water that doesn't kill anybody. So let's call it out, too. And that every time you turn the faucet, it would actually, actually come, out. come out. So these are, are definitely first world problems when I'm talking about alkaline water. But at the same time, it's like I feel like we can't go too far to one side bottle water pro or anti-tap. It really depends on where you live, I think, and, and what your proclivities are and you know, but I do think it's an important statistic, a statistic, the, the cost of producing bottled water. Obviously, that's a staggering number. What should we be really be spending that money on? At the same time, it's not the only statistic we should be using for personal decisions around what, what you want to drink day to day for you and your family. I was going to say, too, that in our building, we have uh, we live in an apartment building and we live in a, a newer, nicer apartment building. And so throughout the community, I will say. We have water fountains that have filtered water, so they add an extra wa a filter on the water fountain. And sometimes we'll take our gallon jugs and we'll fill those up with filtered water. But I would prefer that than the water that comes out of my tap because, I don't know, it does taste funny to me, to April's point, 
you can make the argument that it's the same, but there's something, something ain't right. Something ain't right. The water. This <laughs> <laughs> coming from so, the person um, again who thinks that water tastes like clouds. Tastes like clouds. Just that particular right. water. Just that particular <laughs> water, that alkaline water. Now, I will say my favorite type of water, which is a crazy statement in itself. My favorite type of water is distilled water. I just feel like it just tastes really clean and crisp and... I really like it. My least favorite is probably the alkaline water. Is I don't know. It does something to my tongue. It's just, I don't know. Very strange. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange. But I guess tap water actually would be my least favorite. But so, but it depends on where you are. Because earlier April mentioned places like New York that have great tap water. And I think what people don't recognize is that the dough uh, for pizzas, for bagels, for pasta, right? All of those things require water. And so that's why those products taste so great out of New York, because they do have amazing water uh, that comes from, I guess, I don't know, whatever the mountains are uh, that feed down into New York City. But there are other parts of the country that have a similar, really strong municipal water system, um, like St. Louis, where it was written in because that's where Anheuser-Busch is located. And so they wanted to make sure that the water that they had access to for being able to produce the beer uh, would be high quality water. And so... St. Louis tap water is also amazing. Everybody always says that New York tap water is so great, but I've never had New York tap water, even when I was in New York. Every time I go to New York, I never have. Probably too young. But I, they hear, they say it's great. I, just I mean, according to what's reported, right? And we're talking about, I mean, Jen, you bring up the important fundamental, like it's what's reported and what gets reported. No, I mean, my personal experience, yes. Well, you don't know. My point is you don't know the high quality. You haven't been to the plant, or have you been to a plant and like measured the water, right? You're going by taste and by general sense, right? But I mean, in terms of like what's reported, this water is, you know, excellent according to the standard metrics. You can only really go by your body unless you're in the field, right? And I bring that up in contrast with Flint, where it wasn't recorded, it wasn't reported, right? And it certainly wasn't public because it wasn't it wasn't in favor of, of whatever they were trying to cover up, right? And meanwhile, people were, were getting sick. So we, um, we've, we've talked a lot about what's wrong with water. I, I'd like to close that segment of our conversation with, with two other facts that I think people should be aware of. To April's point about Flint, I'm sorry to say that I don't know enough about the history of the, the situation there and why it has raged on so long and why it's been so difficult to correct. But the world water market, according to the, the documentary that we watched, is $800 billion worldwide, right? It's estimated to reach $915 billion by 2023. So if you think of coal, gas, oil, water is the next fossil fuel, we'll call it, that I think will become uh, a money grab and that will change the way, and I'm using fossil fuel with air quotes, that'll change the way that people think about and deliver water and will seriously limit who has access to it because that's just the way profits over people tends to work. Can I just say briefly also how, does anybody see the irony in this? The planet is mostly water and of course not a, most of that water is not drinkable because of the salt content. And yet we all are aware, generally speaking of the water cycle in which that salt water is basically distilled and sent back to us, dropped down from the mountains and sent to us. And 
then there's underwater, the aquifers and the springs, right, and such. And yet there is still a shortage of water in countries where, like America, where there should be an abundance. We should have solved the water problem by now. We should there's just a sense of like you would have expected the world to have solved the fossil fuel problem by now, having known all the different factors at play and potentially how damaging it can be to the environment. And yet we just haven't, which I just call up to say, does anyone else see the irony in that water, which should be abundant like air, is something that we there is a scarcity of quality water and and it boggles me. It seems like a very simple problem for humans to solve. We all need, we all need, no matter what our socioeconomic background is, no matter how much money we make or don't make, no matter what our family structure is, we all need clean drinking water. And yet it has not effectively been solved in a way that both preserves the environment and provides quality water for everyone. That is a systemic problem. And it shows up even in a highly developed country like the United States. You mentioned before, uh, or we mentioned that the uh, documentary mentioned that of the water that exists, it's it's called the Blue Planet for a reason. Only 1% of it is actually drinkable water. So even though it seems as though we have a ton of water, it's scarce because you have these mega companies that are controlling, you know, the water that we drink and how it's used. And of course, people abuse it. So I think there are more factors as to why we don't have enough drinkable water. And you know, of course, we have pollutants in that, those springs, and there's pollutants in the uh, reservoirs. I shouldn't say the reservoirs, that's probably, yeah. But you get what I'm saying, that it's not a, a, a an easy uh, response to say that we have a ton of water on this world. Why, why is it an issue? So I'm not a scientist, so I can't really break that down. Right. Which speaks to just just the need. Right. But it's a universal need, I, I think. And that's the part that I get spun up about. Jen gets spun up about the water crisis. How do we solve it? And I'm less interested in, in how we solve it. I'm more interested in why does the problem <laughs> exist at all when it's something we all fundamentally need? I'm sorry. I think you just mischaracterized my interest here. I'm not looking for a solution. I want more people to be aware. I want more people to think about think thoughtful action around the, their everyday decisions because it doesn't just impact you, it's gonna impact all of us and we're all here together. So I feel like everyone should know and everybody should do a little bit to try to help. That's basically what I got from the documentary is that, I mean, corruption is king and greediness is king. And for as long as we have that, it ain't never gonna be right, <laughs> as they would say. <laughs> but as long as, as companies are about their their bottom line about their dollar amount they're always willing to put human lives at risk and so us being educated and making the best decision that we can make for ourselves and our family and at the time because sometimes you don't have a choice but to drink bottled water and sometimes you know you can't find a glass bottle as long as you are being thoughtful about the decisions that you're making and to the best of your ability you can go to sleep with a clear conscience that, you know, you've done your part. I think that's all you can do because, yeah, you can get wrapped up in, in all of these issues, but it's overwhelming and it, it's it's daunting. So what I took away from it is, you know, I'm going to do the best that I can is the same thing that we do with food. Right. We educate ourselves. We do the best that we can and we try to just make better decisions every day. And that's that's all we can do on all fronts, water included. That's very well said, Lisa. 
and, and similar to Elisa and I think April as well, um, I lean more towards um, bottled or glass things as opposed to plastics because of the seepage and the documentary talked about that. So I will continue to search and seek out glass when I can. I also buy filters like Pure and the Brita components. And I will continue to, even though it's, I have a filter on my actual faucet that I, I use as far as to cook with, but I also filter it again through an actual uh, handheld one. So I think the different levels of filterization will help me and make me feel better about drinking tap water. But I, I do use tap water um, at home and I will continue to use tap water, but it will be filtered many, many, many times. That's my input. For those of you who are looking for a solution uh, while you're out in the wild, there are two companies that sell bottled or they sell um, portable water and non-plastic or glass containers. So one is a company called Box and it is literally boxed water. And another which has alkaline water is called Just. And I believe it's the same company that makes Just Mayo and Just Egg substitute products. So they're a vegan company as far as I know. But those are, are two options for, for April and Lisa. And you can always get your own bottle. I bring I your B-Y-O-B. Yeah. I have a million bottles, that reusable bottles, that I, I try to use. It's just hard sometimes trying to find a place to fill them up. But like I said, I have the water fountains in my building. So if I know I'm going to be out all day, I might try to fill it up before I go and have some to carry me over. But if I got to drink some bottled water, I'm going to try to make a good decision about it. But I'm not going to die of thirst. I'll tell you one thing, and, and maybe this is the last thing, I don't know, but just the idea when I think about the trash that's circling in the Pacific, I forget what the name of that circle is, but it's well known that it's just because of the currents, the trash just circles right there. When I think about buying a bottle of water, I think of that, and then it always makes me either want to go thirsty. <laughs> I'll put those glass bottles in my car, in my handbag, so I'm never, never buying plastic. It, it behooves us to, if we do buy plastics, to make an attempt to recycle, um, whether it's on the spot and look for, and I do that. I do when I, I look for places to recycle. And then, of course, in my home, I recycle as well. So even if I do use the plastic, which I'm not in favor of, when I do use it, I do try to look for the uh, the ethical thing to do as far as recycling it. Yeah, I love that responsibility and progress. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take two minutes and leave us a review in your favorite podcast app. And in the meantime, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.